May I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> A first look at this parable makes us wonder just how much Jesus really knew about farming and growing crops. I mean, what kind of gardener leaves weeds to flourish in a garden anyway? Weeds can take over and choke out seedlings, which is exactly what Jesus warned about in his parable of the sower we heard just last week, when some of that seed fell among the weeds and the thorns. But not only that, leaving weeds to stay in the garden until they have grown more seeds only guarantees another crop of weeds the next season. And usually when a gardener sees a weed growing, without a second thought, she'll bend over and pull it out. Jesus might have been a good carpenter, but it looks like apparently he did not know the first thing about farming. Today, we may find some of the details of this parable a little strange. But those hearing it for the first time didn't really have any trouble understanding this farming story. There are three things that we need to know that might make this parable make a little bit more sense to us in the 21st century. First, in Jesus' day, sowing weeds into a neighbor's field was a common way that folks had of getting even with each other. Instead of spray painting graffiti on their neighbor's fence, they would throw some weed seeds into their neighbor's crop. Apparently this got so out of hand that the Roman government actually passed a law against it. Secondly, the particular weed spoken of in the parable of the wheat and the weeds was most likely a certain type of rye grass. In the early stages of growth, everything looked the same. So you couldn't tell what was wheat and what was the rye grass weed that was growing. So you really didn't know there were weeds into your field until the heads of grain appeared, and by then it was too late. Because the roots would be so interwoven with each other that pulling up those weeds would also pull up the good wheat. And third, the seeds of this particular ryegrass were actually poisonous. The symptoms were dizziness, slurred speech, convulsions, vomiting, diarrhea. It was bad stuff. So that means that at some point, there had to be a separation between what was good and what was bad and would make you sick. And so, putting all of this together, Jesus tells a parable. A farmer sowed a, wheat of, a field of wheat, but while he slept, an enemy came and sowed ryegrass seeds, so that when the wheat began to sprout, so did the weed. His farm worker was concerned about the weeds and was ready to rip everything out. But surprisingly, the farmer tells him, let the wheat and the weeds both grow together until the harvest. Then I'll tell the harvest workers to pull up the weeds first, tie them in bundles and burn them, and then go to gather the wheat and put it in my barn. So what, is, what are we to make of this parable? What about this is Jesus trying to tell us today? In the farmer's field, the wheat and the weeds were mixed together, good and evil, side by side. It's kind of like that with people 
isn't it? Sometimes it's hard to tell who is good and who might have evil intentions. Who are the threatening people among those we pass in the street? Who are the dangerous and the destructive? Which apparently friendly neighbor might have enough anger to hurt or even to kill someone? Who will cheat us when we least expect it? There are those who sacrificially give themselves to serving the poor, the dying, the sick, and the refugee. But on the other hand, there are those who will kill, maim, or imprison the innocent. As Christians, Jesus calls us to discipleship. He calls us to righteousness and to right living. And even in the body of Christ, the church, there is a mixture of wheat and weeds. Those who are obedient to God's calling and those who are not. Now some kinds of evil and certain people who do evil things are obvious. Just as there were certain weeds in the farmer's field that were clearly weeds, and no doubt the farmer quickly yanked them out of the ground. The difference between what is good and what is bad is pretty clear. And Jesus clearly points out that where evil is clear, we need to do something about it. Just take the example of his drastic action in the temple when he saw that it had become a marketplace and that making money had replaced prayer and worship. Jesus was not afraid to take action against what was wrong. But this morning, Jesus isn't talking about the evil and the good that can be easily distinguished. Like that poisonous ryegrass among the wheat, it's often impossible to determine what is good and what is bad. And that's exactly Jesus' point. In fact, sometimes what we deem as evil at first sight might really turn out to be good, and vice versa. We are often too quick to judge, thinking that we know all the facts, when in actuality, we usually do not. Tax collectors were condemned by everyone as thieves and traitors. And as far as everyone was concerned in Judea, there was no way a tax collector could ever get into heaven. But just look at the good Zacchaeus did after his encounter with Jesus. The thief on the cross next to Jesus was no friend to anyone, condemned by all, and hanging on a cross because of his proven wickedness. Everyone was finished with that man. Everyone except God. Jesus declared him a good man, a forgiven sinner, and promised him a place in paradise. parable we hear this morning through the words of that farmer is urging us not to be hasty in our judgments of other people. It's not up to us to distinguish between what is wheat and what are weeds. We, instead, are encouraged to be patient. Yes, there will be a harvest and there will be separation, but let God bring those about in God's own time. 
It is not for us to predict how God will judge people. And this parable rejects any action on the part of those servants that would attempt to separate the weeds from the wheat themselves. And the parable concludes reminding us that even in spite of evil, there will be a great harvest. And actually, the farmer and his workers rejoice at the size of that harvest. The weeds in the field, it turns out, do not have any impact on the size of the harvest. The seed was good, and in spite of adversity, it brought a fruitful harvest. And so the parable ends on a note of triumph. God's people will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Let anyone with ears listen. Write no one off as hopeless, lost, irredeemable, or worthless, because he or she may look like a weed. That's the way God views each one of us. God refuses to write us off. God refuses to write off even that person who at this moment defies God, denies God's existence, and allows evil to run their life. There is always grace. God is always reaching out to every person, regardless of how good or evil they may be. Every time evil takes control in our lives, God graciously invites us to come back, to receive the forgiveness that is offered through his Son, and to welcome the Holy Spirit, who will gladly lead and guide us down the path of right living. I imagine that the Last Judgment will be full of surprises. And when we all look at that crowd that is standing around us in heaven, I'm sure that we'll say numerous times, what are you doing here? Or we may think quietly to ourselves, I didn't expect to see that person here. Oh yes, the harvest will be plentiful. Thanks be to God. <laughs>